First off, I'd like to say congratulations. You are in at the beginning of something amazing. I'm about to show you something that's amazing. You guys want to see something amazing? Yes, I want to see something amazing. Yeah. What is it? So amazing. Amazing. Whoa, amazing! What are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Something amazing. Space, space, space. Do you want to go into space? I'll give you a reason why maybe you don't want to go into space. Somebody fed a computer 400 existing sports and said, Computer, come up with a new sport. The sport has to be heard to be believed. And the motto is a, a thing of beauty. <laughs> also, we're back, and I'm going to tell you about a sport that isn't made by a computer that you also don't want to do. Mystery, 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 mystery. This week mystery, has mystery. a mystery that I've been saving since New Year's Eve. Can you solve it? This week on Something, Something Amazing. Hello oh, and welcome to Something, Something Amazing. Amazing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 2019 edition. <laughs> I can't. Oh, what time is it? Oh, May. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll tell you what. There what? has been something amazing that I've wanted to tell you yeah. since New Year's Eve. I mean, we are actually legitimate friends and every time I see you, you tell me that you have something to tell me, but you can't tell me until we do the podcast. <laughs> because I really wanted to tell you it on the podcast because it was something amazing. That really was a mystery that puzzled the whole New Year's Eve party. Ooh. I love a mystery. But didn't you say there was no answer? There, well, there's no definitive answer. Right. Okay. I'm interested to see what your theory is. Thank goodness. And also I'm interested to see if the dear audience that are listening to this podcast yes. actually know. Because then they could they could just email in at hello something amazing at gmail.com. Yeah. And they could let us know. And what I would say is it's ungoogleable. Because okay. we've tried to There's Google not this. much left in this world, Matt Saracini, that's <laughs> no. ungoogleable. But this mystery certainly is. But 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 yes. What is this podcast? Oh, hang on. Also, I told a friend to start listening to this podcast before we know what it is. Welcome. And they listened to all the episodes, and they were like, "You get to the last episode, and you're like, we've got new level friendship." And then they all cut out. Did they die in a car crash? I don't know what happened. Like, what happened to their friendship? They seemed really good friends. They seemed really happy, and then really messed them up. Whatever the new level was, it was like a boss level and we we just kept dying <laughs> no we're still no we're still we are next still next level, level friends, friends but, just so everyone's aware but what happened was our lives were rich and varied Very. and exciting still full of friendship yeah but not full of podcasts not full of po- but that's different now <laughs> i reckon we'll do a podcast today yeah yeah just to really <laughs> round the point home but look we're happy to be back and we're happy to be talking to you once again uh this is the podcast that amberly Cole and matt saracini yes. come together Oh dear, this sentence is messing my brain. Uh, they, we come together, we're friends. We come together, but we kind <laughs> well, of... It's not getting better. <laughs> so me and Matt, we met on a summer's night. <laughs> we we basically research for our friendship. So we go about and we find incredible stories, tidbits, facts, whatever we can find. Mm. One rule being, and that one, one rule is, is that these facts, tidbits, stories must be something, something amazing. amazing. And then we go on and we, and we talk about it. Yeah, and you know what, it's frankly surprising that we've had this much friendship without yeah. the podcast but it's quite surprising with, a, with no research we've managed to have we've a friendship still, if you're out there and your friendship is only reliant on a podcast i tell you what you can do it without it <laughs> although i For do anyone who's wondering <laughs> do you think i can cut out the podcast and just be friends with janet yes, <laughs> yes you, can. you can do it absolutely but also keep doing your podcast <laughs> yeah it's fun isn't it it's lovely <laughs> 
I've got a Newsy one and then I've got the New Year's Eve one. I want to do the New Year's Eve one last. because News such, and New Year's Eve. It's such a good mystery. But I would like to invite you to go first with you the first fact that are new. of 2019. Well, I've given you a fact that is a present. Oh, yes. Because I'm lovely like that. I am present. There is a rock band called Compressor Head, <laughs> consisting of robots who play real acoustic and electric instruments and are controlled by a MIDI sequencer. I've seen this. I've seen the video of them. I know this one. <laughs> this is like right in my wheelhouse. Well, You're yeah. Right. You're right. When Where I do give they? you a present, hang on. I want to say Japan. It seems like a very Japan thing to do. <laughs> They're quite good. They've played some, some really hard bits of music. What year is that video from? 2004. Wow. And the name that's, that's um, it's from Russia, they're, they're in Russia doing this. <laughs> Ship them to Russia. In Moscow. Yeah. That's a hard song to play. Yeah. They're really good. <laughs> I, uh, okay, well, if you already know that one, okay, then I'll you. give you another one, another little freebie. We're off to a strong start. But this is another gift. Oh, thank you. Um, astronauts, you heard of them? I have, yeah. Astro Boys? Like Astro Boy, the cartoon. Well, no, I just if they're in space, like <laughs> we just call them Astro Boys. Oh, do we? Okay. Astro Boys in space or Astro Girls? Yes. Often lose their fingernails due to their gloves during spacewalk. So some just remove their fingernails before they leave. What? I pose this question to you, Matt. Yeah. Think it's worth it? Yeah, yeah, it's your because they do say walk. they do say that is one of the like. <laughs> Torches that they can perform on I'd people. I still go for a spacewalk. You still go for but, it. But, but, but uh, there, I have a few questions. Why do the, why do the fingernails disappear just because they're wearing gloves? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's a lot of chafing in the gloves. Yeah, just a bunch of chafing. Is it something to do with no gravity? No, it's just to do with chafing. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, let me get this straight. Your fact is yeah. that people who do spacewalks are tortured via chafing to the point they lose their fingernails. No, in in torture they'll rip off their fingernails. But some of the some of the like the astronauts will just get their fingernails taken off beforehand so they don't have to worry about it. In recent in a recent study of astronaut injuries, at least twenty two reported lost fingernails, a phenomenon called fingernail Delamination. Oh, no. It happens. Oh, it happens because of the pressure on the fingertips um, and also the. It, oh, okay. It's not just shaping the, the circulation cutoff. Oh, so it's like frostbite, but in space. Yeah, so their fingernails space just fall bite. off. Yeah. Wow. And so astronaut gloves are designed to simulate the air pressure on Earth and they're made of this pressurized lubber. Lubber? They're made of this pressurized rubber layer lubber, embedded in a lubber, thick. Lubber, lubber. You don't treat me no good no more. You done? <laughs> no good no more. Okay, no, no, no. Uh, the lava layer yes. embedded in a thick space-proof shell. Yes. Spacewalking astronauts must constantly fight against this bulky pressurized glove to do their work. Okay. Imagine gripping a wrench while wearing skiing mittens. Hang you on. get the idea. Yeah, hang on, never done that. Have to imagine <laughs> real imagine hard. It. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's hard. This constant <laughs> bending and flexing causes chafing blisters and apparently... Fingernail loss. Wow. So it seems like it's a combo. Yeah. These big old gloves, but very hard work. You're in space. But you're in space. You are seeing the majesty of a view that so few humans have seen. That some people don't even believe exists. <laughs> what? Flat earthers. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, did you see that doco on Netflix? Yeah. It was fascinating. It was so fascinating. And I liked the like the point they were making. And it's like, 
people can believe in anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, someone has to be the king of the flat earthers. And it doesn't this make sense that this person yeah. is the person who is the king of the flat earthers. It absolutely makes sense. <laughs> like, and so- his, like, love story with that woman. Okay, so this is a, a documentary on Netflix, by the way. Yeah, it's, what's it called? Flat Earth? Something it's like called, that? Yeah. Search for flat earth, you'll find you'll it. You'll find it. It's more like an interesting character study than anything else. It's it's fascinating. It's and not it, going to prove to you whether the Earth is flat. Yeah, it gives you a pretty good run up at why they think the Earth is possibly yeah. flat. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's clearly, <laughs> it's clearly not. not. <laughs> um, speaking of astronauts, I once saw an astronaut talk, uh, and they said that when they come back down to Earth they get this special type of dizzy, Mm -hmm. which is when they move their head. So they've been in space, 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 space. Then they're down to Earth. Space, 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 space. space. Earth. And then they come down and they're like, oh, I can't wait to meet my family. And then apparently what happens is they turn their heads. And when they turn their heads, it feels like they're continually moving in that direction forever that they just move their head. So you move your head like slightly to the right and it feels like you've just gone for 50 metres to the right. For infinity, yeah. And then you move slightly to the left. It's like, whoa, again to the left. Yeah. And so that dizziness is so weird and unsettling and takes a while to settle down that what they have to do or what they started to do is put on VR headsets in space ah. and it doesn't do anything except simulate this. So you move your head to the left and, and oh, the just vision. get some used to it. Yeah. And so it, it's used to it. It's like, it's, it's like, it still sucks, <laughs> but we're just going to get you onto this a bit earlier. Yeah. Than when yeah. You're it's home. like, oh, you're going to have vertigo. So yeah. let's give you some vertigo. Isn't, wouldn't that be insane? Like you just have to stay apparently constant. Constantly still, and you're just lying down, and you're feeling sick for ages after coming back no to Earth. No fingernails. <laughs> yeah, no. Very sick. Still worth I it? I don't think I want to go to space. Still worth it? I think still worth it. Majesty of view. Have you ever been on a boat for an extended period of time? I'm very good at seasickness. Well, but have you ever had when you get off the boat and you have sea legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you start just walking like... But in a bit of a loop. Because I'm so good at seasickness. All right, and sea this is legs. such a strange thing to brag about. I've called someone a landlubber. I've called them that. <laughs> I've actually, in all seriousness, said you landlubber. Once I did a yacht race from um, Perth to Geraldton. Oh, you are you are good with seasickness. Yeah, so that's like it's basically thirty hours on a yacht. Yeah, wow. And the greenest I remember feeling was when I was in the middle of the ocean. It's such a rare feeling. Where every direction you look, you see nothing but more ocean. And you have a very big fear of uh, vomiting, don't you, Matt Sarasini? So there's no horizon to fixate on or anything. It's just like, nope, you're in the middle of this bobbing ocean. Yeah. And as we were coming into the finish line of the race, a storm also happened to hit at the same time. And everybody was over the side. Like, these seasoned sailors had been doing it for 10, 15 years, except me. (laughs) I was the only person not vomiting. How old were you? I would have been about, uh, it was definitely like uni, so 20, something like that. But I was the only one not vomiting. And because I was the only one not sick, I had to steer the boat. <laughs> and then the more experienced sailors are just telling me exactly what to do in like, between, in between vomits. Yeah. The side. It was incredible. I'm, I'm not good with seasickness. I'm quite bad at it. I've had quite <laughs> a few times. <laughs> Why not, Matt Saracini? I don't know. I, I don't want to say the words weak constitution, Whoa. so I won't. Whoa! <laughs> I am absolutely fine on this land, um, but I do remember one time going. Actually, on a- to be fair, in the in the gap between this podcast and the last podcast, there was a party, and it was a very hot night where you and I <laughs> both, within five minutes of each other, fainted. Yeah, like you fainted. I fainted, and then you like empathically fainted and then because I felt of our friendship. Really- 
bad to see my friend Amberly on the ground unconscious. Yeah. Then I started freaking out and I fainted. And then all of a sudden, all our friends were like, What, what is what happening? Is these two idiots. Like, yes, it's a 40 degree day. And we had to like, go into a different room. We had to go into like a, a sick bay with an air conditioner on. And people would come in and like visit us and then go back to the party. We're so cool. Anyway, so you were saying. Uh, there was a time when I was going to Rochnest, yeah. uh, just a Perth reference here, yeah. on the ferry. Which One is of our a- many Perth references yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> just a little island off Perth. Have you heard of the Quokka, uh, the Smilest Marsupial on Earth? Perth reference this episode as well. It's what our friendship's based on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I remember uh, vomiting and uh, from the ferry and this couple were laughing at me. Mm. And um, I don't, uh, to this nice. day, I don't know if I did this on purpose, but I vomited on their shoes. Good, get them. Got them. <laughs> I also remember going on a, on a cruise and like we qu- went across the Great Australian Bight and it was super duper rocky that day and they had to close down all of the pools because the pools just became these like death traps of like <laughs> waves fun. that went around and everyone on this whole cruise was just d- terribly ill but that's just what happens every time it was like it was a cruise from perth to adelaide wow why why it was like a three-day thing and one of the days everyone's sick and guaranteed <laughs> but i just remember these like looking at the pool and being like if you were in that pool you would be dead. <laughs> this luxury on this a, luxury liner. How old were you when you had that thought? Ten. You're right. <laughs> Wait, is this the cruise that you got coolest kid on the <laughs> is ship? This is the cruise. Yeah. The best a, moment of your life. Best moment won, of my life. <laughs> when you want coolest kid? Coolest, coolest kid on the ship. Yeah, great. Um, okay, I got a story for you. Uh, is this, which one's this one? This is not the mystery. I want the mystery. No, I'm going to keep the mystery a mystery. For now. It'll come this episode, though. So, I just, I love everything about this story. Okay, so, basically, uh, an agency, a design agency called AKQA, catchy name, Aqua. Um, like the aquarium in Perth. AKQA, not quite, because that's AQWA. Q-W-A, but it's called Aqua. Used to be called Underwater World. I don't know if it's called Aqua. I, just, I probably mispronounced it, to be honest. Uh, anyway, what they did is they fed computers 400 sports mm. and they said, here's data on 400 sports that exist today. Computer, make up a new one. Whoa. Right? Now, some concepts came through. This that is were, the most perfect thing for you ever. <laughs> that were completely unrealistic. There's one with like exploding frisbees and they're like, yeah, right. we can't play Was that. there Quidditch? That's insane. Uh, they probably would have fed Quidditch into the thing. Right, well. gotcha. Uh, anyway. So, this is the game that it came up with. It's called Speedgate, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's the first sport in the history of the world to be envisioned by an AI. Okay. So, the event has six player teams. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So, six players on each team. The two player, teams. Two teams, I Classic guess. Classic sport. It doesn't actually say yet, but I assume. let's assume two teams. They're on a field mm-hmm. with three open-ended gates. Okay. Open-ended? Open-ended gates. The open-ended gates. Once you've kicked the ball through the centre gate, which you can't step through, important <laughs> rule, kick the ball through centre gate. Don't step through it, though. Before, like, you mean before the kick? I, it just says, once you've kicked the ball through the centre gate, which, which you, you can't, can't step, step through, through yep. your team can score on one of the end gates. Okay, a- any of them because they're open ended. Yeah, so, <laughs> complete with an extra point if you ricochet the ball through the gate. What? <laughs> you can't stay still <laughs> because the ball has to move every three seconds. What? 
That's or speed what? gate. Or what happens? That's speed gate. That's what happens if it doesn't gate. move every three seconds? So. <laughs> Who gets penalised? And so the agency even used the AI, like they fed it all the logos of sports and yeah. all the, uh, what do you call it, like catchphrases of sports. Yeah, right. And so it designed a logo for this sport as well. And also the motto of speed gate, which is <laughs> face the ball to be the ball to be... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll try again. Face the ball to be the ball to be above the ball. What? <laughs> Nonsense. Face the ball to be the ball to be above the ball. Face the ball to be the ball to be above the ball. That's the motto of speed game. Face the ball to be the ball to be above the ball. I think that should be our motto. So, so they were like, okay, let's try it. <laughs> and so they did uh, and they took it to the Oregon Sports Authority and they, they're trying to do an intramural league in the summer. And then they're trying to encourage other people to start their own Speedgate league. And uh, so it's probably not going to con- replace conventional sports in the hearts of fans. But it is an example of how AI can be useful even in currently human-centric fields like sports. It is doubtful that anyone would have easily devised a concept on their own, even if the underlying concepts are relatively simple. Because it doesn't fully make sense. <laughs> hey. Face the ball to be the ball to be above the ball. Hey, Matt. Speedgate. <laughs> Matt Saracini. <laughs> that fact is something, something amazing. amazing. Incredible work. Hit me. Do you want to do a sport fact then? If we're on the sport sport train? You just have one ready to go. Yeah, let's spot-o. Let's spot-o. Have a sport fact. Sport, sport, sport. Um, all right. Extreme ironing. Yeah. Also known as EI. It's extreme sport, which people take ironing boards. Wait, what do you think it is? Well, I, I would guess you like take an ironing board. Yep. Then I, I don't know, abseil and sort of skydive mm. and then try and iron a shirt on the way down. Mm, kind of. Uh, you take ironing boards to remote locations and iron items of clothing. It even has an extreme ironing bureau. I love this because there's <laughs> something very funny about doing something very boring in a very insane situation look at this photo oh he's on top of a rock he's on top of a cliff just doing an the iron the funny thing about that is that would be hard to get to the top of that mountain it would just be, on your yeah, own yeah just on your own and you're <laughs> taking the bulkies I can hardly get the ironing board out of my cupboard into my oh, living room don't you hate it actually when- to be honest let's. I'm going to be real here I don't iron at all not once I have not ironed within honest. the past five years don't you hate it when you like hit the ironing board like lever and then the legs just Play out. See, I wouldn't know. I don't iron. <laughs> I don't climb mountains and I don't iron. This okay. this, this sport this is, sport not, is for you. not for me. Give me more speedball. <laughs> yeah. See the ball, be the speed ball, gate. be above a ball. Is there a league? Yeah. The, it's um Who's the world well, champion? there's a there's a bureau. Uh, it's the latest danger sport that combines the thrills of extreme outdoor activity with the satisfaction of a well-pressed shirt. Finally. Finally. <laughs> Finally, the two come together. So the people who do it are called ionists. <laughs> That's almost like Zionists. Some locations um, have been a, a difficult climb, a forest in a canoe while skiing or snowboarding. Any skydiving? On top of a large bronze statue in the middle of a street underwater in the middle underwater. of an M1 motorway race. Uh, whilst parachuting. Oh, parachuting, yes. And under the ice sheet of a frozen lake. You're not... What? (laughs) I guess, though, like, you know, sometimes you spray water on your shirts to try and help with the ironing. Yeah, but... You don't know. I don't know. something you do. But also, like, there's always that whole thing of, like, the character in... The dumb character in the show that takes the hairdryer in the bath. Yeah. Because you can't take... 
electronics underwater. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? it and you know what? You usually wash your clothes and yeah. then you let them dry. Right, and then, and you, then iron. you iron them. Can you imagine washing your clothes, letting them dry, and then putting them in the water again? <laughs> I can't believe it. Anyway, and you can do it as a solo or as a group. Ah, oh, what a fun activity to do with your mates. Guess when it started? Uh, last year. 1980. Wow. It's... It's That's before its... the internet. How did they spread the word? <laughs> they just, I guess, started, <laughs> gathered a cult following. Now it's... um. We just published it in the local newspaper. Oh, so apparently... Get it in the Encyclopedia Britannica and then we'll get heaps of people doing extreme mining. Yeah. Apparently it was... In um... Carter 95. Get it in Carter 95. <laughs> what really brought it to fame was in 2004, it was. It appeared on the, the internet. TV show EastEnders. What? Yeah. That's a huge get for the extreme mining group. <laughs> Inus. Also, when it goes when I go into sea also, I see underwater basket weaving and wok racing. What? <laughs> Don't go into them now. They're future something amazing. Wok racing? What yeah. are they racing? Walk I'm sorry, no, I need to look at wok yeah, racing. Yeah, I understand. I wok- understand. <laughs> oh it's like bobsledding in a wok. Okay. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um, do you want to hear a mystery? Yeah, but what did you think of that? Oh, sorry. It was something, something amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also have mail. This is a big episode. That's yeah, a big episode. We might run out of time for the mail. Look, if you want to send us mail, we'll do some mail next episode. Also, if you can solve this mystery, I need you to email us. I reckon ha- I'm just going to solve it right Hello now. Hello, something amazing at gmail.com. Give it okay. to me. Actually, I'm not very good at mysteries. New Year's Eve. Gotcha. Right, so we're at this place uh, called Binningup in Western Australia. One, another West Australia, yes. Yeah, it's good. a bit of a nothing town, except it has a wonderful golf course for some reason. Fantastic. And it's like an honour system. What? It's like an, you just put money in a, an envelope and then you can use the golf course. Ah, uh, but also, in an envelope? Apparently a rich person bought a house in Binningup and they went, and what do you want to do with the golf course? And he went, what golf course? And they said, oh, there's like a five-hole golf course out the back. Like on their property? On their property. And he said, well, no one can do anything with five holes. Make it nine holes and then make it free. Wow. Yeah. And and you go, okay, well, this must be. So, wait, be- where did the five-hole golf course come from? It just came with a property. But what do you mean? Who, but and where- so, you assume that a bad, like, golf course that's being made for free would just be sand and dunes and dried grass. Yeah. But it is immaculate with, like, ocean views. And- but, sorry, where did the five holes come from? I guess the person who owned the property before. Made a five-hole golf course. Rich people are weird, Amberly. I don't know what to tell you. Why wouldn't they just make four more holes? <laughs> they just didn't. They ran out of money and they then had to holes. sell the property. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Uh, anyway. Okay. That's not the mystery. That's not the mystery why this golf course exists. The mystery is, so we're in this, um, it's a holiday home. It's on the top of a hill mm. uh, and where there's like a balcony that goes around the whole house mm. and the balcony overlooks a small backyard that is mostly paved, mm-hmm. right? But on the edge of the pavement is, you know, in like a French movie when there's a car chase and the police take the siren from the glove box and put it on top of their car? Mm-hmm. Like one of those sirens, but a light, just the light part of the siren. Just right? the light part of the siren yeah. and just one of them. Just one of them. So like a red light that mm. looks like a police light, mm. but only red, not red and blue, just red. Mm. Sitting, uh, raised off the ground on like a little platform Mm. and just sitting there. (laughs) And then from the light, it wires into the ground Mm. with 
and just above the ground is about 10 metres of coiled wire. So you, you, you get the impression that it, wherever it's wired to is a long distance away. Right, okay. because yeah. if they got ten meters spare at the end, yeah, how much is in the ground? Absolutely, right? that's yeah, the yeah, question yeah. mark. So we're looking at this light during <laughs> the day, and we're like, "What is that?" <laughs> that we're looking for uh, like switches. They kind of nearby. There's a power point that looks like it could be it, mm. but we, you know, unplug it, plug it back in, turn it on, turn it off. Nothing's nothing. happening. Okay, so we're like, "Oh, here we go." Leading theory. We're in the kind of country WA. Mm. What if a bushfire whips through in summer, mm. right? There, there's not heaps of phone reception. We're in the middle of the town. You don't have your radio on. Maybe it's like a local system mm. that when an emergency is happening, the light starts flashing and that's how you know to enact your bushfire plan. Be alert. Yep. You know, leave your valuables, get out of town. Great. Right? So we solved it. That's obviously it. Yep. So imagine our surprise when on New Year's Eve yeah. at about 11 p.m. Uh-oh. <laughs> the light just starts flashing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> a red light. And, like, at this time, um, someone just came up to me and said, Matt, you have to see this because we'd been puzzling it out during <laughs> yeah, the day. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. Matt, you have to see this. So I'm like, this is the sentence I love. <laughs> If anyone comes up to me and says, Matt, you have to see this, you're I'm... You're not like, give me a second. You're like, show I'm me. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Um, yes, whatever it is, yes. <laughs> uh, so we go to the balcony, so the raised bit, and we see it flashing. And yeah. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> so then we run down to the light and we're like, should we be panicking? I don't feel like we should be panicking. Yeah, don't smell smoke in the air. Yeah, what's going on? And then my, Josh, who's a friend of both of ours, yeah. like he's looking at it. Uh, and then he goes to the PowerPoint that we were puzzling over earlier and unplugs that and nothing happens. The light's still flashing. Yeah, right. And we're like, oh, God. So I'm Googling, like, bidding up, fire, emergency, like nothing, no yeah, results, yeah, yeah. anything like this. So we're like, what is this light? <laughs> At the moment, it's just serving as a little party disco light in the middle of the celebration. Yeah, like they know it's uh, New Year's. <laughs> so, so what's your best guess at this thought? Okay, my best guess. Because we're all chucking our best guess. Okay, so you know the um, how they have those like products you can buy mm-hmm. where it's like you have like a, a bracelet on and anytime you, your long-distance lover oh, wants to think that they're eight. thinking about you, yeah. they'll like press it or something and then like it makes you feel this light. <laughs> They've got another light at another house yeah, between yeah. these two lovers and anytime they're feeling their love... They turn on the light. I like this theory, but also that shows one or two things. Either you're wrong is Mm. the first option. The second thing is the person who's like, oh, I'll send a message (laughs) to my love hasn't been told that the love is not in the house. Just rented it out to a bunch of strangers. Okay, but new theory. theory. Both of them left the house (laughs) and um, both they're now both Airbnbs. So oh, they so turned the, it on to be like, oh, the system still exists. The system still exists, but they're like, oh, they have the switch for yours. And you somewhere have this. That switch that you pulled out is the switch for the other one. Oh, so it. you were putting it on and off for them, and they were like, oh, Explains we'll put it on coil. for you. Explains the coil. It goes the whole way through. So you can turn on someone else's switch, and they can turn on your switch. And it used to be for these long-distance lovers. Yes, 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 yes. Now it's just for Airbnb discos. So my my That's leading, a pretty good theory. That's a pretty, pretty good theory. My leading theory at this stage was Airbnb-related as well okay and when i said it everyone was like that's a good theory Mm. so my theory was that it's a coastal town right Mm -hmm. 
from the balcony, you can see your neighbours around. Mm. And it's spinning up. It's a small town. It's just had, you know, a few hundred people for decades. And then this thing called Airbnb comes along. And they're like, oh, it would be so good to make money from my house. But these are my neighbours and my friends and my dear loved ones. You know what I'll do? I'll install a little noise sensor so that when noise goes over a certain level, oh. I don't call the police or anything. I just flash this light so that it's like, hey, guys, this is still my neighbourhood town. So pipe down a little bit. Well, did it go off when you went quiet? Great question. <laughs> so imagine our surprise when at 4am parties all kind of wound down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Me and my friend Elle are just standing on the balcony and then it just starts flashing. And we're like, oh, no, yeah, right. <laughs> no, <laughs> look, look. Uh, we're like, oh, no, that's, that theory's gone. Also, 11 p.m., 4 a.m., what, why? Yeah. Why? I do think it probably is like uh, something to like alert other houses of something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. So then we try to, th- there's another thing that you should know. Okay. It was next to a veggie patch. Okay. Does that change your leading theories? Yeah. Yeah, what if it's like a scarecrow device? Like to scare away pests. Some sort of, yeah, pest. Pests? Like Uh, even, well, even kangaroos maybe. Or is it like a home security device? Mm. Okay, so there were two things that turned out some Google results, right? When you search red, blinking, flashing light, garden bed. Yeah. The first one is like this pest thing. Yeah. But it didn't seem... Quite right. It was like pest control, but didn't seem to have any science associated sure, with sure, it. Sure, 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 Get this light. Another one, and this was super hippie-ish, mm. was it's like, plants just like light, dude. A plant doesn't know if the lights come from the sun or from a light. It does. It does it's, know. It's just a light. <laughs> doesn't it and know? And so certain plants, like certain types of light, certain wavelengths get absorbed by different plants. Mm. And so a green plant loves a red light. So if you're growing a green plant, put a red light near it, but don't turn it on all the time. Might scare the plant. I love that. Flash it gently. I love it. That one. (laughs) So that had some Google results, and the pest control had some Google results. But other than that, double whammy. Yeah, long distance lovers for sure. (laughs) The thing's legitimate tree. So I invite you, dear listener, if you think you can solve this mystery, and it has been the subject of some discussion, (laughs) uh, send us an email. Hello, something amazing at gmail.com. Yes, and we will be back next week with a mailbag. Oh, yeah, I've been getting so many mails lately from. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, not from listeners, <laughs> just from companies. Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting a lot of spam, is what I'm saying. (laughs) So I'd love some realness. But no, we've had some real ones too, and I'll do them next week. Okay, excellent. Uh, We are back. It is great to be back. Great to be doing a podcast with you, Amberly Cole. Oh, Matt Sarasini, this is a a dream if I've ever had one. All right, hit me. What have you learned? learned? No, uh, what do you recommend? It's been so long. Yeah, what do you recommend? I recommend not going into space. I don't think it's worth it. <laughs> keep your fingernails. Uh, keep your, your your feet firmly on the ground so when you turn your head, it doesn't go infinitely uh, turning forever. I recommend Googling the rules of speed gate and giving mm. it a go. <laughs> six on six, get some gates. Have you a go. are the ball. Be a ball. <laughs> be above a ball. <laughs> Face the ball. Face to the be, ball. To be the ball. To be the ball. To be above, to be above the, ball. the ball. Face the ball, to be the ball, to be above the ball. Well, I recommend living by those rules. <laughs> and I also recommend not ironing. Waste of time. Nobody needs it. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend uh, installing a mystery in somebody's life because... Ooh. 
Wow, does it? Some conversations. Give some chat. <laughs> well, I recommend also emailing us in at Hello Something Amazing if you have a, a suggestion on what the industry might be. You know, you do have to actually say the email for people. <laughs> Hello, just email Hello Something Amazing. Google will get it. Google knows what's up. <laughs> She'll figure it out. I recommend having a great week. And, and if this is your first episode, what a strange one. But Welcome. we do love uh, if our listeners could possibly leave us a review and a possible little fiver. Yeah, just tell a mate. Tell a mate tell about the podcast. Tell a mate about the podcast. Well, we're back now. You can tell everyone that we're back. Okay. <laughs> listen to this podcast that doesn't exist anymore. You can listen to this podcast that still exists. exists. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Bye.